Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. We're glad to have you here with us. My name is Jonathan, sitting next to my good buddy, Stephen. So how are you today? I am blessed. Glad to be here. Excited. We, we haven't talked in a while. I know. I just noticed you have a really nice looking tie on today. You're looking very, you. very sharp. I thought I need something bright and peppy to keep you awake during the show. You know what I mean? That's right. Exactly. Lively. Well, hey, before we jump in, uh, listeners, we just want to let you know, as we do every now and then, that we are a listener-supported broadcast. And so the only way that you're hearing us or seeing us, if you're watching us on video, is because we've just had faithful partners that have come along and supported us. And so we are grateful to those of you who are supporters of the program. If you'd like to learn about how you can come along side and support us, just go to puresexradio.com and click on the Become a Patron button and you can uh, come alongside and support us. So are we on camera? Yes. Because I don't see it on our screen that we look at. So no, but no, we're no, on. No. We're no, okay, we're on. good. See, that little, that little eye go. in the sky I right there. I will actually look up, smile and nod. <laughs> yes. So thank you for joining us. So hey, I'm I'm really excited, Stephen, about this particular two-parter that we're going to be doing because um, we want to have a conversation um, with the wives, the wives who have gone through just the the trauma of betrayal. They've been they've been lied to by their husband. They've been betrayed sexually in some way, whether that be through pornography or some other kind of sexual acting out. And that is a deep pain. That's a deep breaking of trust. And so we want to take a couple of episodes here where we're going to kind of unpack what does that look like and and how do you handle when you've been, if we can put it this way, been given a a big heavenly assignment to travel through a season of life that you didn't pick. Yes, I love that. A big, difficult, heavy, ugly, heavenly assignment. Mm Mm-hmm that you didn't sign up for. I went to a seminar not too long ago, and and I heard a woman speak about betrayal trauma, and she had such compassion for the women that, that you know, are married to men that, um, and these wives find out their husband has an addiction, and, and, and their life sort of gets turned upside down. And, what is true? What is the foundation? I thought you were this and you're that and just the confusion and the pain. That combined with an illness in a family member that just came out of the blue um, got me to thinking about what is the process. And some of this is even from personal experience, having a lost a wife to breast cancer myself, I wanted to write down the dialogue that I thought one might go through so that you could see yourself and maybe find yourself somewhere in the struggle and provide a roadmap, if you will, of topics um, that that might, you know, uh, explain where you are. We're, we're going to try and lay out some thoughts that you're probably going to ro- uh, ride through or walk through this pathway of thoughts so I'll just launch. Is that yeah, okay? Absolutely. So it starts in the form of a prayer. Uh, Heavenly Father, my life and my body were given to Christ. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christ follower. I'm his. And because of that, Father God, you are in charge of this body 
and this life. I'm your servant. You may use this body in any way that honors you. I didn't know I was going to get emotional here. Mm. But in any way that honors you, Father, you may use this body. And I have been given a difficult assignment. And this walk will not be easy. That's where you, I cue you and okay, you, yeah, you jump I in mean, about yeah. what are you thinking here? Well, the, the thing is, is that, man, what a... Uh, the thing that pops into my head is twofold. One is that it takes a lot of courage to pray that. Mm. And I think it's important to let the listeners know that if they're not at a point where they feel like they could utter these same words, um, maybe the, the, the pre-prayer, the prayer before the prayer is, God, give me courage to surrender in this way. Because yes. there's probably a lot going on in a person's system that says, okay, I can agree in my mind that I'm Christ, I'm in him, but I'm not so sure if I'm ready to embrace the difficult assignment, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think it takes a lot of courage to say, I didn't sign up for this. And in some ways it's like this prayer is like a psalm, mm. right? A pouring out of the heart to God and saying, I recognize the difficulty that I'm in, but I'm not so sure if I'm ready to take the next step. You know, sort of like a surrender. And I think that takes a lot of courage. Mm. And and I, I think, too, it's important to state that you can go one of many directions, right? You can choose to run. Yes. You can choose to to drown your sorrows in some kind of behavior or substance. Or you can choose this, what this prayer is saying here is, mm. I'm yours, and I don't know what it's going to look like, but I'm yours. Yeah. It's funny that you say that because I wrote that down. I'm yours. I, I don't know for certain about tomorrow and a hundred tomorrows, but I know that I'm yours. I know that I'm yours. And I'm I'm counting on that. Mm -hmm. I'm counting on being yours. And so this letter of submission goes on and says, I know you are infinitely aware of what's going on in my life. Right? We have the story of the sparrow and mm -hmm. the hairs on your head. He knows. He knows your name. He formed you in the womb. I know you're infinitely aware of what's going on in my life. This what's happening today is no mistake. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I will not fight against this assignment that's come with your approval. Nothing is above you, Father. This was not a mistake. Somehow, this is my assignment, and heaven has said, that's okay that I'd be given this assignment. We have examples in the Bible of Job mm -hmm. being given an assignment. And so I know you're aware of my assignment. This is no mistake, and I'm not going to fight you. You know, I was actually going to mention Job. I've actually been studying Job recently and going through Job again. And, and I, I want to actually maybe make a comment to those who are in relationship, friendship, with maybe the wives that are being that have gone through betrayal. You know, maybe you're a 
maybe you've got a a sister-in-law or maybe you've got a friend in your church who is going through this and i've learned so much going through job about um what bad advice looks like <laughs> you know when job's friends are coming along and just t- saying hey really it's your sin you know it's all these other things and you're arrogant and and you know suck it up and all this kind of stuff and you're in error thinking that this could actually be from god and I love the fact that Job actually is very, very right in his assessment that this had to sift through the hands of a sovereign God. Mm. And I can't explain that. I'm angry about that. I'm hurt. I, I, I want to feel vindication in the fact that I'm in the right. I haven't done anything wrong. Right. And, and I think it's important for the listeners of, of the women who are, who are facing the betrayal it is right to be angry about what has happened to you. It is right to feel confusion. It is right to be in pain. Meaning okay. Meaning it's okay. It's the right path if you're... It's, the, it's a proper thrashing. response to feel those emotions yes. and to recognize that even in that, you can actually look to God and say, why? Why? He can handle that. Why is this happening? You know, and that it's okay to take that to him and all the frustration that comes with that. That's good. Because the next part reads like this I'm confused and I have fears and I have doubts. This suffering is real. But in my mind, I know it is small compared to the suffering of my Savior. Mm hmm. The humiliation, the stripes he took on his back, the crucifixion. I'm still confused and have my fears. And sometimes I might get tired and resist against this assignment. And for that, I say, forgive me, Father. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's important, this identification with Christ, it's very easy sometimes in our pain, I think, to just start kind of waving our fist at God, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And again, while the emotion is natural, there is a perspective that has to be gained at some point, right? And I think the best perspective is this one here. Do I have a God who understands my pain? And we do because of Christ, right? Does Christ know betrayal? Does Christ know unjust suffering? Does Christ yes. know being hurt by those who he loves? Absolutely, you know. And betrayal. Absolutely. Oh, so I think that's a place of, of, if I can put it this way, comfort that a wife can find is, even if there's no answers or solution to the next step, there can at least be comfort in the fact that we have a suffering Savior that knows what betrayal feels like. Yes. Father, I can endure this assignment but only knowing you are with me. I need to know that I can stand in your presence and find comfort, feel your comfort, that I can be with you. Strengthen me, Father, for this battle, what's to come, strengthen me, Lord. And I know that you're growing me in my mind. I know that you're growing me. And I know that you have my best interest in mind. 
But just hold on tight when this gets bad. Hold on, because I love you, and I know you love me. Mm-hmm. There's a, uh, I think it's sometimes hard to understand our relationship with God when things are going well. Mm. I know that's a terrible thing to say, because don't we all want comfort and happiness and peace? And, and we even, listen, the the gospel does give us a promise of those things, right? But I think we experience those things in a different way, uh, or I should say it this way. We look for those things in a way that God doesn't intend to deliver them. In other words, we look for those things in, I want all of my circumstances to be pristine. I want there to be no illness. I want there to be no rifts or division in my relationships. And we think if everything essentially gives me a sense of pleasure and happiness, Mm -hmm. that's really what the end goal is. And I think we actually miss what it means to be having a relationship with God when, when life is like that. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that God doesn't give us seasons of great circumstantial peace and joy and all of that. But what I'm hearing in this prayer is I'm understanding my relationship with God at a very different and intimate level through the tough assignment, through the the the, the betrayal, right? Through oh, the agony. That's good. That's it's right. like I get yeah. a whole new experience of what a heavenly father, what a suffering savior, what that relationship really means when I am in this desperate, painful place. That's very different than if all the bills are paid and there's no sickness and there's no difficulty. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. Yeah, we like that sunshiny upside of the deal. We don't want the hard work, put your head down and press into the battle. And yet when if, if you ask any mature believer, and all, my, all I mean by that is people that have been through fires in their life, in their relationship with God, what will they tell you about where the growth moments were? Mm. It's in the dark. It's in the heaviness. It's in the pain. It's in the, yes. you know, it's in those desperate moments that we it, really understand the relationship. And the refining happens, right? Yeah. yeah. So reading on, I know you're using this, Father, to transform me. Sometimes my mind wonders and has questions. Is this assignment for my personal growth? Or using this assignment for the growth of those around me? And knowing you, Father, it's probably both. (laughs) Either way, growth and transformation is your desired outcome. Yeah, I I think that's a great statement there because... uh, especially in our kind of our Western academic culture that we have, we want to parse everything out, right? We want to have everything neatly divided, and and we want to ask questions like this. Okay, what's this really all about, God? <laughs> it's right. Is this something you want to do in me, or is this something you want to do in others? And God's answer is yes. You know, it's like there's a—and I love the fact that kind of where this lands is, yes, growth and transformation is what this is all about. Mm. And— and the other thing, too, that I think is important in this 
understanding of this principle is that while I do believe when we're in deep pain, there is a necessity for self-care in the sense of, are you still getting good sleep? Are you eating? Are you taking care of your body and your mind? But I think the other thing that's important in this is recognizing that um, it's not all about us, even in our pain. Again, going back to Job, what did he discover? God never answered his specific questions about his pain. Mm. When God spoke, he eventually said, look at who I am. And what I think Job took out of that was a recognition of, wow, this really isn't about me. The scope of life, the grand scheme of everything Mm. is not really all about me. And yet still, what does God do? He says, I still want to include you. I still want you to belong. I still want you to have a place in this whole mission. Does that make sense? And so I'm going to bless the heck out of you absolutely. when I'm when you're done with this when journey. When you go through this you're season, not be tortured for my for me, right? To please me or to say, you know, being te- tortured for that to that end. But to get that larger perspective of yes, there's there's obviously something God wants to do in me, but my goodness, He has such a grander yeah. mission and plan. Well, and then I think, and in His kingdom, right? So He might use you as in Job. Right? Mm-hmm. Job's story is an eternal story now. But I do think it's important right. to state that because kind of where we're at in this prayer here is just the unpacking of the pain, right? Yes. The unpacking of yes. the difficulty of this new yeah. burden that this person must bear because they're facing the reality of betrayal. Yes. Yeah. So even in difficult times, Lord, I'm going to turn to you and say, Thank you, Father, for growing me. Life with you has been a grand adventure, and I will not doubt you now. Thank you for both the good and the difficult parts of this journey. Mm. I love you. Please stay close. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm. And that's the end of letter one. Mm -hmm. So I think, I guess the... The encouragement that I would give to the the listeners is let let some of these words soak in and let them become kind of make them your own. Mm. But this is kind of a just a a guide maybe for how can you begin to unpack not only unpack your pain but then also sort of get prepped for the mission, right? Because you're going to be there's no uh, template time frame of how long a season of of doing what we're calling here a heavenly assignment will take, right? Right. But this is like a prayer of surrender, of uh, desperation, but also of saying, I'm I'm going to follow you through the mission here. Yes, yes, that's good. So I don't know if we're calling this thoughts number one and thoughts number two or letter number one and letter number two. When you read the title, Jonathan will have decided by then. We'll figure something out, yeah. (laughs) So the second part goes like this. Why is this happening to me? So you have to assume some time has passed and now we're back to it. 
And it's like, have you ever noticed how you look at something, you walk away from it, you get a break, then you come back and you look at it again with fresh eyes, then you walk away from it and distract yourself. And sort of we're always doing that in terms of life and growth and projects and missions. And, and it's like, here's this heavy thing. What does it mean? I'm going to walk away and I'm going to come back and have fresh eyes. What does it mean? So so think about this as some time has passed and this question rises up from the soul Why is this happening to me? Why have I been given this assignment? This is not right. This has got to be a mistake because I have been good. You know, I've I've done good things. I've sacrificed. I've cared. I don't deserve this. Hmm. My first response is to throw a fit. Why me? This can't be happening. This is wrong. I lash out. I raise my voice. I thrash around. I shake my fist. I show up how upset I am. I've been doing good. I'm one of the people doing the right thing, and I'm consistent about it. This cannot be my assignment. And then I wake up and realize this is my assignment. Mm-hmm. So this is one of those things where, um, you know, and we have to tell people the truth, and it's not a fun truth to tell, is I think many times, even in the church and Christianity, we have uh, falsely portrayed the the vending machine metaphor with God. Mm, Hey, listen, if I put in all the right things, then... I can expect certain things to be spit out. So in other words, if I just toe the line, if I'm if I'm a good little boy or I'm a good little girl, I'm if I do the right thing, if, if I, I church if I, if I stay within the if I stay within the lines that God has yes. drawn, then I can expect that everything will go well. And I said my prayers morning and night. I was good. And this is where the difficulty of this truth comes out, and that is that if we go back to what we said earlier about what the mission is about growth and transformation, Mm. we have to recognize that that process is at the dictate of God. A sovereign God chooses what Mm. does that process of transformation look like. And, you know, I like to put it into parent-child language because sometimes I think that makes more sense. So if you're a parent, you recognize that some of the things that you have to do in order to train your children and, ha- and, and help them grow and keep them actually safe and healthy are painful things, right? Yes. Does your little baby understand immunization shots? No. <laughs> They're just like, why did dad, dad hand me off to this stranger that's poking me with a needle? Uh. You know? And it's like, but guess what? That's necessary for the safety and the growth and the development of the child, right? And I think the same is true here. We can't always know the why, behind the season that God's got us in, other than to know that he loves us and he wants to transform us and keep us on that growth mission. Yes. And that's, I wish I could say, we've got the the answer for why you're going through what you're going through. (laughs) It's like, no, even Job didn't get an answer directly from God on the why that he was going through. You know, so... Oh, gosh. I'm flashing back. I have to tell the story. My daughter is... She's little, very small, and she has an earache. I take her into the doctor, 
and he said there's some growth on her her tympanic membrane, the covering on her ear, her eardrum. Mm -hmm. And he says, I have to scrape it off. Oh, my. He said, the only way to do it is you're going to have to take the whole weight of your body, lay on your daughter. Oh, my So she doesn't move so I can scrape it off. And I'm laying on my daughter, and she can see me, and I can see her, and she's crying in pain. You know? And it's like, I have to do this to help you heal. Mm-hmm. And he has to do this. She's going, why? Why are you doing this, Dad? Why are you doing this to me? Mm-hmm. And I can't answer the question because she won't understand. She's too little. Mm. Yeah. When I think that's that's part of this. Obviously, every analogy we could come up with doesn't provide a sufficient full answer for why somebody's going through this, but it does give us at least a perspective, right? Yes. At least, at, at the very least, can we acknowledge that God's ways and God's view is higher than ours. And That's it. it doesn't make the pain go away. It doesn't no. make the difficulty of the mission go away, right? To bear no. this challenge, whatever God's got for us during the season. But at least it might give us a sense of, this is a season. Yes. I don't have to, that's the hope of heaven, right? Everything about life is a season. Mm. There's, there's going to be a day when everything is right and everything is made well. So as we, as we wrap up here, what are a couple of, or do you want to get into that or do you want to save that for no, next time? No, let's save that last. Let's okay. just talk a minute here because I can save this. We are going to get into this. some key yeah. principles. We're for, going into some other principles here. But the, why this challenge? And we have to tell you, we can answer the question. Mm-hmm. In counseling, they teach us there are no answers to why questions. Who, what, when, where? Yes. But why is like a God thing. Well, why? Why am I male? Why am I in the South? Why am I this skin color? Why did I have those parents? Why, 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 why? Mm-hmm. But, but he... He gives us plenty of information. I think sometimes the why will make sense when we see him. We'll just see him and we'll just know. <laughs> that was a dumb question. You don't have to ask me that question. But well, it's kind of like Job, right? Yeah. I put ex- my hand over my mouth and I'm, <laughs> I'm done talking. So, so next time we're going to talk about a bunch of other questions. Who, what, when, where. What, what are the insights we can gain? How do we handle it? What's better thinking than thrashing around? We want to go there. But... But suffice it to say that the why question is never a good question. Remember when you were a kid, why'd you do that? It's like, I I don't know, I don't know. Why? Why is full of shame? Why, why, why? Confusion and shame, why? You know, when somebody says to you, why, immediately you get defensive. Mm -hmm. So we're not going there. And the other thing about that, too, is is, um, it's, it's okay to direct anything to God. Yes, right? yes. But the thing is, is again, kind of the model of Job is even when we direct that to God, it's God's prerogative of how he, how and when he might answer yes. those things. And I think, I think there are, I think part of the process in bearing these heavenly assignments where mm. we're going through a season that we didn't invite into our lives, we didn't, it wasn't based on our own sin that we, we brought these things into our lives. Yes. I think those are the seasons where I think God matures us by essentially getting us to a point where we recognize my trust in God is not dependent upon whether or not he gives me answers I want. Yeah, that's good. And that's a 
all I can say about that is that's just a maturing of faith. There's no other way to put that. It's like we have to come to a place where we have to ask ask ourselves, am I choosing my, to trust God because I trust God, or am I choosing to trust God because he gives me what I want or because he gives yes. me the answers I want? And I, I want to re- you to repeat that close there. I want to say one of the reason that you better be, you have to be careful with the why is because we hear men that come to re- our retreats and say, why? Why didn't God take it away? Why God didn't God do this? Why didn't he? And now I'm mad. And I'm going to go rebel because I didn't get an answer to my why question. It's like, man, don't camp there too long. Throw your fit and move on because Mm -hmm. this is the right thing and repeat it again. Yeah, just the idea that am I trusting God because he's God and I'm trusting him for that fact alone or am I trusting God because of what he gives me? Because, hey, he gave me the answer I wanted. He gave me a blessing or he gave me— And he did and whatever. It's all crystal clear. And and I know I'm stating something that— in practicality is hard to do. Yes. But we have to come back to that over and over again because I think we can't get through these seasons of difficult heavenly assignments without having that foundational trust in God simply because he is God. And so we're going to have to we're going to have to leave it there for now, but please join us again next time because we are going to unpack seven kind of key insights or principles that will help you maybe navigate these seasons with a little bit more clarity and maybe even a little bit more hope. So thank you so much for being with thank us. Thank you. God and bless. we'll see you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.